welcome once again to the E-Bone Zone as I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 216th time on this Friday, January 22nd, 2021. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, The Legality of Trust. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that I've talked about MMA before and just a little behind the scenes secret, I really enjoyed recording those episodes. If you haven't heard them, there's some links down in the description that you can click on. And this week, we're discussing it again for a markedly different reason. UFC's parent company is being sued, and we're going to run down what's happening and why in the next few minutes. First up, whose idea even was this? Well, a former group of fighters like John Fitch and Nate Quarry first jumped into the legal octagon in 2014 with claims about UFC having ultimate power in the MMA scene. If you don't speak sports, well, it's basically like what would happen if McDonald's was the only respected and frequented fast food joint in the U.S. Get it? Got it? Good. Not only are they saying UFC has a monopoly on the industry, but they're saying that it has been abusing its power by lowering payments given out after fights. Now, one episode breaking down the legitimacy of Judge Judy does not a lawyer make, so as far as the legal stuff, we won't touch any of that. What we will do, however, is through the course of this episode, run down piece by piece, claim by claim, what's happening here, and look at some of the evidence, figure this out the best we can. Cool? Before we get into all the big stuff, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, there's a bit of housekeeping we should take care of. And we'll start off with this question. Is there an actual monopoly in MMA? Does one entity truly hold all the power in the sport of mixed martial arts? Well, that's what we're here this week to find out. The dictionary defines it as the exclusive possession or control of the supply of or trade in a commodity or service. And the key word there is exclusive. Now, on the other side of the speaker, you might be thinking, well, exclusive doesn't really mean anything in this context. It's just a fancy word that they threw in there. Actually, in this context, it means a lot more than you think. And if you keep listening, you'll realize how much weight this word actually carries on this whole scenario. You know what? Let me just give you a bit of an example. Say there's this really pretty girl with a heart of absolute gold you've been going out with for a few months. You really like her and she really likes you. And there's a strong bit of communication between the two of you. So you've made it clear that you both want a relationship, but there's been nothing officially set up yet. So you know before long, you're eventually going to hear, Are we exclusive or are we just hanging out? Meaning, is there other people? Is she the only one you're seeing or is this just a game? Does she have the leeway to tell people that she's in a relationship and she's taken off the market? It's basically like that. In a relationship, if you're with someone and you're quote-unquote exclusive, it could mean that one person has a monopoly on your heart. There's no one else that you're seeing. There's no one else that you're entertaining. She's the only one that you're with. And it's basically the same way in business. One company has all the power. One company has all the properties. One company can do whatever it wants with the industry. And that's what they're trying to get to the bottom of here with this lawsuit against the UFC's parent company. But the crazy thing is there are competitors to the UFC, like Bellator in the U.S. and Cage Warriors in Ireland. Yeah, there were a lot more, but UFC sort of went crazy and bought them all out. Even though that is the case, the UFC makes everything look dwarfed, kind of like Dr. Pepper and Dr. Thunder. 
Yeah, people drink Dr. Thunder, but as a general thing, if given the choice, come on, don't lie to yourself. You know exactly which one you're reaching for on that store shelf if it's there. If you need a little more evidence, just look at the facts. UFC made $7,800,000 off its UFC 251 event, and its closest competitor, Bellator, netted just $232,810 from its event in Paris in 2020. That's a huge difference. That's astronomical for sure, but I'll have more on that later. This week, I want to continue a tradition that's very close to my heart. I try and offer a good Christian podcast, so I thought I would begin sharing a new Bible verse each week. This week, I would like to share a verse from the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is talking about the peace that God can give you when you turn a situation over to Him. One commentary on this verse says that God's peace isn't like the peace of the world. The world's peace is based on the world's thinking, which is the wrong thinking, the thinking of Satan. The world's peace is circumstantial and depends on comparisons. God's peace and God's love is unconditional. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So whatever your situation is, if you're going through something, if you're dealing with a Goliath right now, just give it to him and he will exchange that problem for peace. It won't get rid of the problem, but you will have peace in the middle of of your storm. He will bring calm to your life. He will bring a peace to your life like you've never known about your situation. And honestly, I think that's the best thing we can do right now. Elections and insurgency and diseases going on all around us. I think that we should just trust God with this situation and sit back and watch him work and watch him move. We also know that it says that the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. We know that a heart and mind that is unguarded will wallow in fear and anxiety, having attempted to carry the burden of the Lord, but we cannot do that. We can't carry something as well as Jesus can. We're only human, so why don't we just give it to him? We need to turn our focus onto Jesus. That is the only way that we can get through this life. That's the only way we can get through the hard times. Turn your focus on Jesus today. He won't let you down. Now we go back to the issue at hand. This case is a huge deal, coming with an even bigger price tag. The UFC will have to shell out nearly $5 billion if they lose. That's insane. Apparently, it's a lot worse than we think as well, because fighters have gotten less than 20% of the total earnings of the promotion historically. And I don't know about you, but if it's my thinking, I'd say that if you're getting paid to let someone punch you for about 15 to 25 minutes a night, depending on the length of the fight, you'd better get paid pretty well. Meanwhile, the NFL, NHL, and NBA split the earnings 50-50 to their players. So in comparison, their paychecks, well, they're a lot better. As far as the actual probability of the UFC going through with the payout, I'd say it's a far cry from what'll happen because take a listen to this. The UFC is planned just to shut the whole thing down because they can do that. They can prevent the urgency of the case being raised, so that basically gives them the ability to dictate the likelihood of the case being heard in the first place, which is insane. So they can basically do whatever they want in this situation, but what can the solution be here? Let's look at some. First up, the simplest, they could just pay their guys proper wages since they put their bodies on the line and therefore take on a lot of risk. Let's go deeper on this for a second here. 
The champion of the middleweight division, Israel Adesanya, got $500,000 for a successful title defense at UFC 248. And on the other end of the spectrum, the first fight on the main card, which was about between Alex Oliveira and Max Griffin. The winner, which was Alex Oliveira by split decision, he took home $64,000, while the loser, Max Griffin, took home $35,000. If you did the math along with me, you'll know that that's a $30,000 difference. That's not bad, not bad at all, but still, compared to their worth as a company, which according to President Dana White is $7 billion, the low end of that card's losing payout is 0.5%, just half of 1%, not even 1%. That's not much at all. And compared to the championship wage of $500,000, which is 0.714% of the total worth, I'd go out on a limb and say the suit is justified from that end. Or at least it is according to a small-town podcaster who doesn't have a shred of legal experience to his name. And don't think I don't know that some people might just think of this as the case of the rich getting richer, and when they hear about something like this, they just scoff and say, Get out of here with all that mess. They're not worth it. They're just athletes, and they get paid too much for doing too little. Well, I can see your point, because some fights last longer than others and some fights are more entertaining than others, I do think that this might be justified in some ways, because put yourself in their shoes for a second. If you were signing up, signing to a contract that you were going to be putting your body on the line for 15 to 25 minutes a night to have someone punch you and purposefully try to injure you for the benefit of the fight, for the benefit of the fans, even though there might not be any bad blood between you and the person you're fighting, it's just business. Yeah, you understand that. But I still think that if it's going to happen, if there is a bodily harm risk there, I think that there should be some form of compensation on the other side. Like, let's say, for instance, a fighter gets injured during a fight one night. Doesn't it make sense to you that the company that commercialized, renovated, and essentially popularized this combat sport would be willing to pay for its fighters' medical bills when they get injured? Because think about it. These guys are going to war, putting their bodies on the line, and they're usually covered by unions. They usually have to pay for their medical bills out of pocket. So maybe that's one of the reasons for this lawsuit. I don't know exactly how deep it goes. I'm not a UFC fighter and don't plan to be one, but I do think that there should be given more credit to the people who do this for a living because they're a lot braver than we are. And another thing is this case, if it goes to court, the UFC is such a large entity that they could very well pull out a win. But even though that is the case, they have a pretty serious collection of charges against them. Mistreatment of their employees and unfair pay. Like I said earlier, according to one research source for this episode, there's a link in the description, by the way, the company would have to shell out $5 billion to its fighters if they lose. I don't think that this is something a simple sorry is going to fix. It's kind of like putting a band-aid over an axe wound. How things will play out is beyond me to say, but it seems it's not going to be easy, whatever way this is settled. 
I appreciate you hanging out with me and taking time out of your week to hear what I've had to say. But that looks like all the time we've got for this episode. You can stay connected easily on Facebook and Twitter by searching Ebone Zone on Facebook and official EBZ on Twitter. That's capital O and official capital EBZ. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and drop a review. Tell me how I'm doing and subscribe if you can. Until next time, God bless you. Stay humble and keep an ear out. Thank you.